All right, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to look with me to 1 John chapter 3. I want to read one verse out of there, if you find your place there. 1 John chapter 3. Look at verse number 20. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 20. Notice what it says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. And then look at the last part of that verse. And knoweth all things. You might remember it's been some time back that I actually brought a sermon from this same verse, but with a different focus. Remember that sermon I preached not too awful long ago called God is Greater Than Our Heart? Man, I, that was a very, very compelling sermon. But this one, I, I hope uh, today maybe to offer some help uh, to some people, including myself. As I've said many times, I preached to myself before you ever get the sermon. It's already preached to me. And the, when, you, when you read this verse, I mean, I love the first statement of truth, you know, because a lot of times the condemnation we feel is sometimes self-condemnation. And maybe we're made to feel that way because of others and the reaction of others in our lives or whatever. But sometimes, you know, we can be self-condemning. But even when there's things about us that uh, condemn us, notice that God, he's always greater than our heart. But the next part of that is really, really deep. Where it says, and knoweth all things. That's in continuation with what the thought process is there. And so with that in mind, I'm going to do my very best to try to help you today as I try to help myself through Scripture and bring you a message simply titled this, God knows you. God knows you. And I won't detail everything. It's just way too much, but I want to give a lot today. And hopefully we can leave out of here. This, I want to say this on the, in the beginning. This is not a judgmental type of sermon. So don't, don't get scared. You know, like, oh, man. You know. Well, it is kind of scary if we think that God knows everything about us. I mean, it gets my attention. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes me aware, you know, uh-oh, uh, God knows. But this is beyond that thought process. I want to really help you today. Maybe you're here struggling with some things. And I, I want to show you from Scripture maybe some things that will help you as we realize that God, he knows us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I need a special touch from you today. Lord, I thank you for uh, Sister Nancy being able to, to get up here and sing. And Lord, I thank you for those little God winks that you give us every now and then. And so, Lord, I pray that you will help us all to understand how much you know about us, how much you love us, and how much you care for us. In these days of which we live, days of uh, difficulty and uncertainty and days of hardship, maybe like for sure some have never seen before with our country problems and economical problems and, and all the issues of life that every one of us have to deal with. Lord, help us to remember who you are and help us to confide in you and to trust in you and to anchor in your word. Help us to stand strong in the foundation in which you've given us. And Lord, I, I thank you for the promises of your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can, in days of uncertainty, we can stand on a sure foundation and help us to do that today. Lord, we ask that you will speak to every heart here. Help us, Lord, to feel your spirit, feel your presence. 
And if there is one here today that needs you in their life for salvation, I pray the Holy Spirit of God would bring conviction upon their heart or that they would have to step out and come to you. Help them to understand that we love them and care about them and we want them to come to you. But more so, Lord, you want them to come to you. Help us to understand that in a clear, clear manner today. Lord, please touch me with a special touch as I try to bring this message today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Is it scary to think that God knows you? Sometimes uh, there's things about me that uh, I'm like, oh, God knows that. You know, uh, maybe we, we've said something or done something. We've acted a certain way. And, you know, we, we go about our daily lives and routines, sometimes unaware, yet we know. But it's not real to us that, hey, God knows us. God knows that. Uh, when I start thinking about how much God knows, uh, I'm, there's, there's two particular categories. And I, I'm going to go quickly through the first because I really want to get into the second part of things. But we, we've got to understand that God knows his creation and his creatures in a very personal way. Very personal and uh, in the outline, I didn't give the first part because I I'm just going to quickly mention uh, some of this. As far as God knowing his creation, uh, in Psalm 50, in verse number 11, it, it says that God knows every bird and every wild beast, for they belong to him. Now let that sink in for a moment. That God knows every bird and every wild beast, for they belong to him. I mean, how many species of birds are there? You know, uh... That alone, <laughs> God knows every one of them and all the wild beasts. Yeah, God knows that. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 says that God knows when a sparrow falls in death to the ground. Really? Yeah, God knows that. He knows his creation. Here's something that blows my mind. Psalm 147, verse 4, it tells us that every star... Among the billions of stars of the galaxies, they have been numbered and named by God. Does that not grab your attention? God knows his creation. All the stars? Yes. Out of all the billions of stars of the galaxies, God has numbered them and named them. Have you heard, the, uh, I remember the saying, I'm sure you've heard it. Have you heard it? The, uh, it's a saying like this that, Anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in the seed. That's how wonderful he is. That's how great he is. That's how magnificent he is. He knows all things. And out of that, to know that God knows all of those things, all the birds and all the stars, and, and, but yet out of all of that, God knows me. God knows you. He knows us. You say, preacher, what are you, what are you trying to say this morning? I, I, I want you to know that more than just a character of the Bible, there's a God who created this entire universe. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It all belongs to him, but yet in the midst of everything that even our human mind could never comprehend, God knows you. Would you listen to me as I go through this this morning? I'm going to go as many as I can, but I'm going to give you the first thing, and it's this. 
God knows us personally. Personally. You're not just a name and number to God. You're not a case number. You're not a work order. You're His creation. God knows you personally. In Psalm 139, in verse number 1, David is going to write this. Now listen to this. He said, he's talking to God. You know, he's praying. He said, you have searched me and known me. You see that? You have searched me and known me. You know, there's a lot of people that I've met over the years in ministry and and I know some of you, maybe in the business you have, a job that you do, you've met a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that we know them just by the fact that we met them. But then there's a lot of people that we might know who they are, but we, we don't know them. And can you imagine, out of all of the, the people that have been born in this world, God knows them? Not just their name, not just their creation number, <laughs> But God knows them personally. You have searched me and known me. Think about what, what is it when, when we say, well, I, I know that person. I, I know who they are. I, I know about them. I, I've spent time with them. I, I've communicated with them. I, I've gotten to know something about them. But think about how God, in a way that we can't even imagine, that he knows all of those kind of details. Now, think about it right now. Uh, who right now in, in the world would know you the best, like right now in, in person? Who is it that would know you best? Probably, if you're married, probably you would say your spouse, okay? And if we started going down to the pews and, and, and having us to tell what we know about our spouses, I don't know how well that would turn out. So we're not going to do that today, okay? That might not turn out too well. Let's don't do that. Amen, brother. That's great. But, you know, here's the thing. Those things that we may not want somebody else to know, God knows. God knows. Um, it blows my mind. God, all the things. Listen to this. He knows our feelings. How are you feeling today? And I, I don't mean necessarily, you know, physically. Uh, some of us may have some aches and pains and things we're dealing with. I mean, but how, overall, how do you feel? Do you feel good? Do you feel Okay. Or, or maybe, maybe you are having some battles. Maybe, maybe you are having physical battles, okay? Maybe some of you are in pain today. Uh, maybe some of you haven't felt your best. But maybe on the inside, there's some things that you're feeling. I want you to know, God knows that. God knows our desires. God knows our excuses. God knows our personalities. God knows all of our faults and failures. And here's what's wonderful. Even with all of my faults and failures... He still loves me. He knows all about us. And yet he loves us. And I don't know about, I don't know, uh, boy, I, 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 want, I say this a lot, but I really, really, it, out of anything, now you could have went to any church today and you could have heard somebody get up behind a pulpit for 30 minutes and, and say a lot of things. I really want to communicate this to you in a manner where you understand what I'm saying today. I don't want this to be a waste of time. I'm not up here just to earn a paycheck. Lord knows I'm not doing that. I want you to understand that all of the things about us, that in a very personal way, 
that even things that, that others may not even know, that God knows. You say, well, that, that, that's a scary thought, but I, I don't want it to be a scary thought, per se. I want it to be an encouraging thought. Because there might be some things that, that you wished others would know or could know that you can't tell. There might be some burdens that you have to bear alone. There might be some things that, that the road that you travel, it, it might be a lonely road. But yet God knows. God knows. Are you following me today? God knows. I've talked with many people over the course of a year and a half. and There have been burdens that have been carried around that nobody has a clue about. There have been issues that people have dealt with. And they felt like, they, and in some cases, it's probably best they didn't tell. And, and that burden and that care of life and that, that, that issue and that, that thing they struggle with. And my best conclusion that I could ever help somebody with is this, that God knows. God knows. He knows us very personally. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13 says that no creature is hidden from his sight. And it also says this, that everything about us is exposed and open to his eyes. You see, nothing, nothing escapes him. And, and, and even though when we try to hide our feelings, are we, you know, boy. Uh, now, there are some people, you ask them how they're doing, and like 30 minutes later, they're still telling you how they're doing. You ever met them kind of people? <laughs> but then there are some people that they may be literally falling apart, and you'll never know it. They would never tell you. Even in that situation, God knows. God knows. You know what God also knows? I'm talking about in the personal way. God knows our mess-ups. But yet he's willing to make up. Our mess-ups are not going to separate us from God. No, God is a God of love and reconciliation. I mean, judgment day is coming. I'll talk about that in a little bit, maybe. But I want us to know that, okay, even in our mess-ups, even in the things that, that, that make us stumble and fall, and, and maybe our walk with God isn't what it used to be, that God still loves you. And he has open arms saying, come back. I welcome you back. That's the God I serve. He's the God who knows me personally, yet he loves me. He knows my failures. He, he, he knows my mistakes. Yet he loves me. And he wants me to be reconciled. He wants me to be able to pick myself up and to walk the path that he's placed me on. He wants that for you also. Why? Because he knows you. He loves you. Not only does God know our, our person, knows, he, he knows us personally. Let's say this, God knows our practices. What are you talking about, our practices? I'm talking about our routines. In Psalm 139, let me read this to you. This is amazing. Psalm 139, verse number 2. Now, I know you've read this verse, but I, I want to read it and talk about it. Notice what the psalmist said here. He, he's talking to God. He said, Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising, thou understandest my thought afar off. Let's really focus on that a minute. Let's understand what he's trying to say here. How much God really knows about us. Notice in our routines of life, the very mundane parts of our daily life, the daily activities, the very mundane. And when I say that, I'm talking about the humdrum, the non-exciting part of our life. God knows all about that. Now notice what he said here. That from, from my standing up to my sitting down, God knows that. That's what this verse says. 
You see it from my down sitting to my upright, sitting down, standing up. Now, if I ask you, uh, like, okay, between last Sunday and this Sunday, how many times have you, sat, uh, have you stood up and sat down? <laughs> now, if you know that answer, you must have not stood up and sat down much, right? <laughs> but, you know, what's so wonderful. This is why I'm focused. Here's what's wonderful. God knows. God knows. My down sitting, my uprising, how many times I sat, how many times I got up, God knows that. The, the, the very details of life, the mundane, the, the humdrum, less exciting things of life, I mean, the, the, those, those moments of our day, uh, think about this, that God would keep track of, of doing laundry? Mundane? Non-exciting th- dishes? Doing the dishes? Huh? I mean, really? Yeah. Uh, uh, doing laundry, doing the dishes, cleaning around the house, running kids or grandkids here and there. Those non-exciting daily routines. God knows that about us. Are you following what I'm saying today? God knows us. He knows our routines, our practices. I mean, really. You know, now some of us wish that maybe uh, some, somebody would notice that we've done the dishes. Or somebody would notice that we've done laundry. And, but see, even when others don't notice, God knows. Are you with me? Are y'all following? Please, this, this is not the revival, evangelistic, hellfire, brimstone. And I, that's the kind of preacher I am most of the time. But I really feel compelled uh, here lately uh, to show you this side of God. That he cares about you. And see, I, I'm, I'm focusing on the care. That, that, that the things that seem not important, they're important to God. Have you ever felt not important? Like you don't matter to people? You ever feel that way? But yet there's a God who knows me personally. He knows all my feelings. He knows all my emotions. And even my daily tasks, which are not exciting, God knows all about that. That's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. God knows our practices. Now, you know how many times you've had to run them grandkids and kids here and there, don't you? You know all that, don't you? <laughs> And, uh, boy, it seems like activities get busier and busier, don't they? You've got to be here, you've got to be there. You, gotta be, you know, sometimes you've got to be in two places at one time. Uh, I, uh, my wife, she does this little craft event down in Fountain Hill or up in Fountain Hill. And uh, we went last month, I think it was, or, or whatever. And uh, I, I told the lady, I, I said, well, because they, they had a, like a little kitchen area and concession stand area. And, and I told the lady down there the last time we were there, because they didn't have any. I said, you know what, you know, here's what I kind of do on the side a little bit here and there and uh yeah i'd be willing to pay a vendor fee and if you'll let me come do that and she said yeah that's great and so uh we set all that up last month but anyway and so coming into this week of course when you're if you know anything about uh smoking uh, boston butts and all that i mean you 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 just don't throw it out there and let it smoke i mean there's some prep work that's got to be done i you know you've got to inject it uh, with the marinade you know you've got to I put the, the seasoning, the dry rub, and all of that. Uh, anyway, so there's, there's some prep time that goes in, in all that before you actually start smoking it. But uh, on Thursday of this week, the funeral home called me. And uh, uh, he asked if I could do a funeral on Saturday uh, at 2 o'clock. And uh, so I, I told Ryan up here at the funeral home uh, the situation I was in. I said, now, if you can hold it off, you know, that I don't have to be there to about... 130, 145, I believe I can pull it off. 
And uh, he said, yeah, that, yeah, we can do that. And uh, so anyway, so I went ahead and set that with him. So I knew in my mind that I had this window of time that I'm working with, you know. And uh, so anyway, it started Friday on everything, getting the Boston butts together and all the prep work and all that. Then got them in the smoker uh, Friday, uh, even let them smoke all night long. And uh, I promise you, I kid you not, if you'd went to our house Friday night, Saturday, you would have thought you walked into a barbecue restaurant. Because, uh, you know, the, I've got my smoker on the back patio and the wind was blowing and, you know, it was coming through the cracks and everything. I mean, it literally smelled like a barbecue restaurant in our house. But uh, anyway, all that said, you know, got all that stuff taken care of and, and all that. And, and, and I'm telling you about, okay, the, here's my life. Here's your situation. That, okay, I found myself doing all of that, hustle and bustle, getting all of that together. And, you know, go down there and, and, and do the smoking preacher deal down there and, uh, and, and sold out of my barbecue. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, that was wonderful. But as quickly as that came and went, that, and then you, you pack up, you, you get all that stuff, clean that kitchen that I was using and get out and get out of there. Get home at one o'clock, jump and get ready to try to get back up to the funeral home. And, and, and so I said, you know, from 1030 to 1230, uh, uh, I was the smoking preacher. And, you know, from 130 to 315, I'm the funeral preacher. You know, and so you got a different outfit on and everything. And, and, and those activities of life where there's this hustle and this bustle and going here and going there and doing this and doing that. You know what? God knows that. Whatever effort it took for you to get to church today, God knows that. God knows that. Now, for some, the effort's not that difficult, you know, pretty, pretty easy. But for a lot of people, it's, it's a difficult thing. And whatever effort you put forth, God knows that. He knows that about you. He knows our practices. He knows our daily routines. The things that are even non-exciting. God knows that. Okay? Let me, boy. Hmm. That's number two. We've got to get to eight. <laughs> Bless us. Help us, Lord. All right, all right. Let me get to number three. I really want to get to number three. Let's, let's get to number three. I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. Because the first two are very... Uh, to think that God knows me personally, yes, he does. And that's, that's detail enough, you know, that whatever I got going on, God knows. Uh, he knows my routines, my daily activities, uh, all that. God knows that. But I really want you to focus on what I'm about to say, and that's this. God knows our pain. God knows our pain. There's a scripture in Psalm 56, in verse number 8, and it says this. David wrote, Thou tellest my wanderings. Thou Put thou my tears into thy bottle, or are they not in thy book? Now, when you read this, understand what David is saying. He asked the Lord to keep a remembrance of, of all of his sufferings and pain and disappointments. You see that where he says, Thou tellest my wanderings? Put thou my tears into thy bottle. He's not talking about physical pain here. He's not talking about physical pain. Now, if you study the life of David, you know all the, the, the drama and, and things that he had going on and situations he found himself in. But anyway, he, this, is a, this is a painful request from the heart. Okay, He's hurting on the inside. And he asked the Lord to keep a remembrance of all his suffering and pain and disappointments. I got a question for you. Have you cried recently? 
Have you had moments where the cares and burdens of life have overwhelmed you so much that it brought you to tears? Have you had pain in your life that's so unbearable that you didn't know if you could live another day? You know what God says? God says, I'm saving up your tears. I know every teardrop that's been shed. And not only that, I know why you shed them. And he says, I'm bottling, I've got a bottle, and I'm bottling them up. And, and, and David said, thou, thou, tell us now my wonders. That means the journey or the path that brought the tears to you. That God knows that. Listen, some of you have been on a path of pain that I've never been on. And I, I've, I've come to know, uh, even in ministry, you know, there's a time to speak, but then there's a time to just hush and be quiet. You know? Uh, we, we go to people who are hurting, and you know the worst thing we can say to somebody who's hurting? I know what you're going through. Don't say that. Are you listening to me? Don't say that. They don't need to know that you know what they're going through. Sometimes just praying for somebody and the presence of comfort is all that's needed. Amen. By you saying, well, I know what you're going through, you're de-emphasizing their burden. And, and I, I remember it so well when my, when my uh, father passed away. And, and I remember people coming to my mother at the funeral home. And, and all the things that would be said. Uh, well, we know he's in a better place. I'm going to tell you, a, a, a lady who just lost her husband, the last thing she wants to know is he's in a better place. She already knows that. She wants to have him with her right now. The separation. Death means separation. That separation anxiety. And a lot of times, we just feel like, we've got to say something. We've got to say something. I want you to know there's a time to be quiet. There's some of you who have been through things that I've never been through. I dare not come to you and say, well, I know what you're going through. I have no idea. But God does. The things that I don't know, the things that I can't help with, God knows. He knows us. He knows our pain. He knows what's unbearable in our life. He knows the path that, that, that carried us to those pain. He, he knows the path that brought those tears to us. And we can be assured that God knows every pain and every heartache that we've ever experienced. That's what I want you to focus on. God knows us. There's things about me that maybe I wish God didn't know. But I'm I'm comforted in the fact that he loves me in spite of those things. And the fact that I'm his creation. He loves me. Pain, heartache, sorrow, trouble, stress, anxiety. All those things that we find out about that we didn't know existed in many ways. And then they hit us and then we start learning about them. I want us to know that God knows that. You know, uh, when we study about Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, I, I, I just, that prayer that he prayed and, and the trouble that he carried in his soul and spirit, that it's just the outward expression of what he had on the inside. I mean, Jesus, in his human, humanity, in his human form, he was fighting an inner battle. And some of us think that, and I, I, I can't remember how soon ago I mentioned it, but I did mention it, that, that too many times in Christianity we're made to feel like 
that we're not supposed to have any problems, we're not supposed to have any burdens, and everything's supposed to be a bed of roses, a hunky-dory, hunky-dory and a street of gold that we live on. I'm not getting that till I get to heaven. While we walk this path here on earth, there's going to be pain. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be distress. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be sorrow. But yet, in the midst of it all, God knows us. And I'm so comforted by this. I'm so comforted. Let me give you one more in closing today, okay? And when I say closing, I mean closing. I was at the radio station this week, and uh, my friend Dennis Maxwell uh, produces the uh, radio recordings. Matter of fact, if you don't listen to the radio, I encourage you to listen to the radio. We have a daily devotional Monday through Friday, two different time slots uh, on the radio. But anyway, uh, check that out if you will. But uh, we were talking, and uh, he was telling about this funeral that he went to, and there were there were three different. Uh, I mean, there's a Methodist involved, there was a Baptist involved. And he said, he said, I guess it was the Baptist who gave the, uh, uh, the sermon, he said, because he had three points and a poem. And I said, well, you're partly right. I said, because most Baptists have three points, a poem, and five closings. <laughs> I only have one closing. And then when I say I'm closing, I'm closing, okay? Uh, some people say they're closing, and five more closings later, you know. But I, I want to get this in because I, I really want us to understand. All, and we might come back to this at a different time. I want you to leave out here encouraged, but I want you to leave out here challenged as well. I encourage you in the fact that no matter what you're going through, pain, sorrow, God loves you. He cares about you. If you messed up, it's okay. God loves you. He knows you. He knows that we're nothing but dust. He knows our frame because he created us. He knows the limits of our humanity. He, he knows how powerful we are in our own spirit. He knows all those things. And he knows that without him, we can't do anything. God knows that. Quit beating yourself up. God knows you. Okay? He knows us. But let me give you this one, okay? And uh, I believe this will be number five in, in the notes there. And it's basically this. And here's where the challenge comes in. God knows our potential. Potential. I want you to think about that word potential. What does that mean? Um, let me, can I be sports related for a minute, if that's okay? You know, there are players each year in, in, in college, uh, in the athletic department, that whether it's uh, basketball, baseball, or whatever, and if they perform very, very well, what happens is uh, usually they're going to declare for the draft to the professional league, okay? Now think about this for a moment. If they're a really, really good player, that means their draft stock is really high, okay? And that's why a lot of people, when they get in football, when they get to the end of the uh, season in a bowl game, they, they elect not to play the bowl game because they don't want to get hurt, and then their draft stock goes down. What does that mean? Well, your pay value is going to be based on how high your draft stock is. That's based in the professionals they're basing that off your potential. So let's just say a person, uh, an athlete, and, and I'm, I'm using sports because it's easy for me to relate to that. A person playing college sports on a high level, and they get, they declare for a draft to the professional league, okay? That professional team is going to look at their performance in college and offer them a contract worth a lot of money based on the potential of how they'll help their team. Does that make sense? So before one of those college players ever take the field or the court, 
they're going to be paid millions of dollars based on what they could do, not what they have done for that team. Does that make sense? That's called potential. Potential. Here's what's challenging to me. God knows our potential. What are you talking about, preacher? Let, this is an interesting passage, and I want to read it to you. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, uh, verses 21 through 23. Listen to this. Then began he, talking about Jesus, to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you, now notice these next three words, had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done thee, notice this again, had been done. You see that? Oh, they had mighty works. But what if those mighty works had been done? What are we seeing here? I'm seeing this is that we need to be reminded of how mindful God is of what we could do and should do but don't do. If these mighty works had been done at judgment for Christians, okay? If you're a Christian, I'm talking to you right now. The judgment seat of Christ. You need to understand that the judgment seat of Christ for Christians is not, we, we think of, uh, oh man, he's going to point out all the bad things I did. That's not what that judgment is about. Yes, our works are going to be, every work, whether it's good or evil, is going to be brought out. Yes. But the whole purpose of the judgment seat of Christ for Christians is to go through uh, that, that judgment fire and the works that we did, whether they were valuable or not, is what goes through that fire. The judgment we face as Christians more critically is based on what we have done as a Christian. Are you following me? My sin was paid for on the cross of Calvary and I'll never, ever have to answer for those sins. Somebody say amen right there. Thank you, Brother Jesse. I told him this morning he wanted to hear a good sermon so he came to our church. Hallelujah. I'm kidding and I'm glad he's here. Are you listening to me? All of our sins were paid for on the cross of Calvary. If it wasn't sufficient, Jesus would have to come back and die again. Every sin I ever committed has been paid for in full. When I stand at the judgment seat of Christ as a Christian, it's not to be judged for my sins, it's to be judged for my works. Somebody say amen right there. I might start preaching in another 30 minutes. Hey, nobody said amen. But what are we going to be judged for? Our potential. And how sad, how sad, how sad, how sad it'll be That if our potential is revealed to us, that somehow, some way, the Lord shows us, here's what you could have done. Here's the impact you could have made. Here's the souls that could have been saved. Here's the people you could have reached. But you didn't. You didn't live up to your potential. And what if in the background of all of that, over in the corner, were all the blessings that could have been mine? And could have been yours. 
if you would have followed him like you should have. Potential. I want to challenge all of us today. Listen, I don't care if you've been in church for 75 years or, or three weeks. As a Christian, there is a potential for your life to impact others in a positive way for the cause of Christ. I want to challenge each and every one of us today to understand. Yes, God knows us. Oh, he cares about me. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my strength. He knows the inner battles that I face. He knows all of that about me, but yet he loves me. But yet he knows what I could be. Boy, I'm so glad he doesn't hold against me what I used to be. And even though he knows what I am now, he doesn't hold that against me. But he loves me and gives me strength and grace each day. Because he knows what I could be. If you're not serving the Lord, I challenge you today. Start finding your potential. Don't think you're a failure. Don't belittle yourself. Don't think you, you I, preacher, I can't make an impact. I don't know the verses of the Bible. I, I, be who God has created you to be. Let your light shine where you are. Let others see Christ in you in the way that God created you personally to be. He only created one of me. Hallelujah. He did. There's only one. And I look at some of you and I say, Hallelujah, there's only one of you too. <laughs> World couldn't handle two. <laughs> amen. Y'all know I'm telling it right. Y'all know that, right? Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can step on the tack. Amen. God knows you today. Do you know him? Let's bow our heads if you would. We're going to have a, a verse of invitation. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one looking around. Please. If you don't understand anything I've said today, I do want you to understand this. There's a God in heaven who loves you, and he already proved his love by sending his son Jesus down on the cross for our sin. If you've never received that gift of salvation and that free pardon of sin, you can receive that today. By faith and repentance, you can come and place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And those who will come unto him, he will in no wise cast out. You're not so bad that Jesus can't save you. And you're not so good that you don't need to be saved. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if you're here today and you say, Preacher, I'll be honest with you. I sure haven't been living up to my potential. I haven't really regarded the fact how much God knows everything about me in my daily routines. And preacher, I need to be a better Christian for the Lord. If you're like that today, I don't want you to confess to me. But I do want you to come talk to your Heavenly Father. And let Him do a work in your heart that will cause you to leave out of this building and be a better Christian for Christ. Father in Heaven, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the blessing of being here today. Thank you for the words that you gave. And God, I thank you for the strength and grace that you gave me to bring this sermon. And I pray that it delivered in a way that was understandable. And God, I pray for every soul here, and whatever the need is, Lord, if they would come and get the help that you want to give. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. As we stand on our feet.